Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fanalyst Podcast, presented by Fantasy Data. Here's your hosts, Billy Muzio and Bradley Stalder. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Billy and Bradley here for the Fantasy Football Fanalyst, brought to you by Fantasy Data. And tonight we have an emergency podcast post the Cam Akers injury news. For those of you that have not heard, who do, don't have Twitter, under living under a rock, whatever it may be, Cam Akers tore his Achilles today, ending his 2021 season. And um, this changes the entire outlook of this offense. And it changes the entire landscape of this backfield. And we just got done with this this. Uh, this offense and their projections last week when we had Josh Larkey on the show. So uh, we deemed it necessary to sit down and to um, update our projections and to update our listeners of, of what our projections are and what our thoughts are on this, this Rams team. Bradley, walk us through this, this Achilles injury. What does it mean for an athlete? It's an absolute disaster for the immediate future for Cam Akers. You mentioned earlier that Cam Akers is going to miss the entire 2021 season. It's a long recovery, and uh, these Achilles injuries can be tricky. We've seen over the last few years, players recover at different rates. If you remember a few years ago, Arian Foster tore his Achilles near the end of his career, and pretty much it ended his career. We saw Dante Foreman a few years ago tear his Achilles. He finally made it back after a couple of years. He uh, gave Derrick Henry a few blows for the Tennessee Titans last season. And then in week two last year, Marlon Mack tore his Achilles and was re-signed by the Indianapolis Colts and is expected to compete for a running back spot death piece behind Jonathan Taylor this year. We're expecting that Cam Akers can come back in 2022, but that's a long ways away, Billy. Uh, it's very difficult to predict, you know, the timetables and and how the team is going to address that need. I mean, let's jump into the backfield. Let's look at the next man up. And we spent a lot of time talking about him with Josh Larkey in the previous podcast. You and Josh debated the the impact that Daryl Henderson was going to have on Cam Akers and and 
we saw that Daryl Henderson was very efficient. We saw that Daryl Henderson was on the field and was a pretty good pass blocker. We saw that uh, Daryl Henderson, there were times last year where he had 15, 20 carries in a game when Cam Akers was out. And while our initial projections don't have Daryl Henderson carrying that ceiling that Larky was talking about in the, in the debate uh, last week, certainly Daryl Henderson slots in as the number one. The Rams immediately came out today and said, that they were confident in Daryl Henderson and we shouldn't expect them to immediately sign someone. Although in going through the projections for the Rams backfield, it's almost impossible to see Daryl Henderson get the lion's share in the way that we imagine Cam Akers. And we just, I can't see the ceiling there in trying to figure out who's going to get the carries. I, I was even trying to give Bob Woods an extra 10 carries on the season to try to fill in that gap. They've got to go in and sign someone who uh, maybe it's going to be an Adrian Peterson, maybe a Love Bell, maybe Todd Gurley. There's been a lot of rumors, but I think that the Rams are going to wait until after training camps and the veterans get cut, like the Sony Michelles of the world, the the Melvin Gordons, those who are on the roster bubble. Mark maybe Ingram's. The, Mark Ingram's, the carry-on Johnsons of the world. Uh, look, this is ugly right now, but the Rams are... a team with Super Bowl aspirations. They went out and they spent a lot of draft capital on Matthew Stafford. They're not just going to roll over and say, well, you know, too bad for us. We're just going to roll with Daryl Henderson, a third round pick who, well, we drafted a second round running back last year to supplant him to be the lead. It just doesn't make sense for the Rams to stick with Henderson as the main back, which is why for me, it's difficult to project Henderson for more than 210 rushes without even without someone else there. So, Billy, I don't know if you had a similar problem. I, I, I'm imagining that you did in going through those projections, but it, I think it, it really limits the ceiling. I don't have Henderson in the running back one conversation. Yeah, you gave Henderson uh, 14 carries a game. I gave him 15 carries a game, so not, not much more. Yours 210 versus my 225. Very similar. Uh, I do expect this this offense to bring in a veteran back of some sort, you know, whether it's any of the names that you just mentioned uh, or not. Um, I, I don't think that this team will be going into week one with the running backs they have in this roster. Uh, you know, Otis Anderson, Jake Funk, Xavier Jones, Raymond, Raymond Collide. Did I say it right? I remember you Collide, yeah. Time. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't even cr- pronounce some of these guys' names right now because they're not probably going to be playing here in 2021. Um, Kalai does have some some great speed though, and I mean I, I think that he probably has the best chance if they did go off into um, the abyss with just this this uh, death chart. Um, but it's going to be ugly. I, I don't think that right now, prior to camp, that we can really put a finger on who's the running back two out of this group. I think it's a situation that we need to monitor. Uh, I think it's something that you have to monitor closely and just kind of uh, you know make sure that you're really tuning into camp because let's face it. I mean, Daryl Henderson was around 10 uh, handcuff. One of these guys, if they don't bring in a veteran presence, is going to emerge as that handcuff now to Daryl Henderson. And I'm not saying they're worth around 10, but they are going to be worth um, a late stab in drafts, uh, especially if Daryl Henderson goes down. Now you have, you know, arguably the number one running back on this team. So um, make sure to do your research, make sure to do your homework, make sure to watch this camp battle closely 
because uh, right now we just simply don't know who it's going to be. And we just have to make sure that we get a pulse on the situation before we deem that person. So you mentioned Henderson being out for injury as a possibility. He struggled with ankle injuries during the first two years of his career. Ankle injuries tend to recur. Like it's very difficult to make a full recovery and not, you know, you just don't have that trust in your ankles in the same way if you roll it. Uh, for for me, when I was running uh, a, a couple of years ago, I rolled my ankle really bad and I'm not even a professional athlete and I'm still worried about like the next time I'm going to take a step and boom, there goes my ankle. But let's let's hit on just a couple of these running backs. We'll just do, do a flyby. Uh, Raymond Calais, you mentioned, was a seventh round draft pick last year. I believe he was originally drafted by the Buccaneers in the end of the seventh round. You mentioned he has yes. very good speed, a 4.42 40-yard dash, mostly a special teamer. He's 5'8", 177. He's not going to be a 1-2 down back, even if he gets on the field. Uh, Xavier Jones, I think, is a better fit for that 1-2 role if he were to sit in. He's 5'11", 208. But, I mean, just looking at his... um his college stats like his only his last year his breakout year really was in 2019 where he had 244 rushes for SMU like at 25 touchdowns like he was able to do that but this is got this guy was an undrafted free agent who we didn't see much in the preseason last year uh, we didn't he barely made the roster uh was undrafted he's almost 25 years old uh this is, as I said, you know, we have to be watching these camp battles very closely because this is maybe it's Xavier Jones. Maybe it's Jake Funk, who was a seventh round pick this year, uh, a very athletic player, uh, 98th percentile yards per carry, a 63rd percentile dominator rating, a college target share that was at least respectable. I mean, but he only had 60 carries as a career high for in a season during his time in Maryland and only broke out this past year. He's also 23 and a half like perspective. Kim acres is 22. So when we're thinking about like a dynasty perspective, let's, let's shift away from like, mm -hmm. I'm not even going to spend time on Otis Anderson, an undrafted free agent for the Rams. Like cam acres. He's 22. He's going to be 23 next year. Like he still has usable years in running back world. It's not like he's 25, 26, 27, and he has this Achilles injury. Is he a buy, sell, or hold in Dynasty from your perspective, Billy? I think if you're a team going out for a championship, I think he has to be a sell. Um, I, I think if you are a team building for the future and you have, you know, two years until you're competitive, I think he's a buy. I think it really depends upon your situation. Uh, if you're in the middle, I think you can hold. So I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not really picking a side here because I think it really depends upon your roster and, and your construction and, and, and where you sit inside your league and the, the possibilities of 2021. Um, if you're a middle team, I think he's a, I think he's a, a, a sell because you just uh, lost what was projected for being a running back one on your team. Yeah, I was more saying like where are you at at post injury. Like if I would mm, say maybe yeah. you were in the in the race probably before. Now you're in the middle. At that point, it's either a hold or you have to decide if you're gonna 
um, trade him away and try to go for it and compete after losing one of your top tier running backs, or if you're going to um, just hold and kind of ride it out for next year and, and wait. Um, I think there's, you know, this really just depends upon your roster um, because I mean, Achilles injuries are, are tricky and we, we briefly touched on it, but I mean, when they do this surgery, if it's too tight, it limits the range of motion, but if it's too loose, uh, it becomes even more of an issue because it's, 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 it's almost like I saw a post today. It's like a guitar string that's out of tune was a good example that I was reading about the Achilles injury. And I mean, we saw what happened with Devonta Foreman. It took him two years just to even kind of really make it back to the field to look decent. Uh, we're going to see what's going to happen to Marlon Mack this year. Um, I'm just, I have more concerns when it comes to Achilles injuries, just because the running back is, is really needing all of those ligaments and, and, and muscles. Um, I just, I just, I have, I have concerns and I had concerns prior to the injury as well. Um, I'm, I'm probably selling acres if I own them anywhere, uh, just based upon my own, um, personal biases with acres as well as now the injury. Well, if you can get Miles Sanders for Cam Akers at this stage in the game, I think you're... We saw that trade today. That was unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. It, it blew my mind. Just how are you going to hand away a running back of almost equal caliber uh, for just after the injury? News? Someone panicked is what that was. And But in a 12-team league, like is a 2022 second-round pick going to get you Akers? I'm not sure that the person would give him up. I think that that whoever owns them is going to hold them. I think they're going to want assets. They're going to want players that are give them a chance to to still compete this year. Um, but it's I think it's like again, it all depends upon rosters and your league mates. There's there's no saying right now what somebody's going to give up for them. I think if I'm anybody, I'm I'm holding and I'm waiting for any type of news or I'm placing them on IR and I'm writing it out. I'm not selling them for a second, even and I don't even like them. <laughs> Fair enough. Now <laughs> because you know we've we've hit on how this Cam Akers injury affects the running back position on the LA Rams. How do you think it's going to affect Matthew Stafford? Is this a, a no news sort of deal or is this a, we have to bump Matthew Stafford up because we, he, he loses his number one or projected number one rusher. I think that's the only thing that we have any kind of clear, concise um, outlook for this team here is I think you have to bump Matt Stafford up. Uh, we already we were talking last week to Josh Larkey about this being uh, one of the most, um, I think his words were one of the most, not pass efficient or pass heavy, but one of the most that runs the most plays in the NFL. I don't think that really changes all that much. I, I mean, yes, losing your running back one hurts, but I think they just lean more on Stafford. I think we're going to see a lot more Robert Woods. I think we're going to see a lot more Cup. I think you're going to see just you know a lot more three, even four wide receiver sets um, first, what we may have seen in the past. And, and, um, I, I truly think that, um, Matt Stafford gets a bump here. I, I moved him up to 635 attempts, which is 37 per game. So it's pretty high. Um, 406 completions at 64% with 4,689 yards and, uh, 30 scores. So, um, I still have a very high outlook for these pass catchers as well as, as Matt Stafford. Uh, the running the running game is just a little shakier now. Um, of course, Daryl Henderson gets the bump, but I think I gave an extra you know one percent to Robert Woods and one percent to Cooper Cup. I I agree. I bumped Matthew Stafford up as well. I saw Stafford go from I think it was like five hundred and sixty five projected attempts to 
almost 600, like a, a sliver under 600, 4,600 passing yards as well. But pretty, we're seeing Stafford, you and I are seeing Stafford pretty similarly. So for him, that projects out in my projections of, of fantasy points at quarterback 15. And I think that Stafford still has that back end quarterback one ceiling. But as we mentioned on the podcast, I believe with Larky, Stafford is being drafted as a back end quarterback one, if not in the top 10. So I still think he's being overdrafted, but I see a little bit more of a ceiling, as we mentioned, because they're going to be more pass heavy. They're running a lot of passes and they've got very capable pass catchers. They've got, as you mentioned, Woods and Cup, also Deshaun Jackson and two second round picks, Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell, in addition to to Tyler Higby. So we know Stafford's not going to rush much. We really can't give Stafford any additional rushing attempts despite losing the running back. Um, But he may do a few more dump-offs to like Daryl Henderson, who we saw be productive on third down and and on the field and effective in a pass blocking. So teams can't like cheat now because if Daryl Henderson's on the field, they're going to have to play for run or pass. And if anything, that might free up the offense as funny as that sounds that if Cam Akers is on the field, teams were not respecting the 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 Rams last season. If if Akers was on the field, they knew it was going to pretty much be a run play. He played against one of the highest stack boxes in the NFL, uh, most defenders in the box, and he was pretty good. But that's where his efficiency really took a hit. And I think that Daryl Henderson will continue being efficient because he's going to be. Um, available for all three downs. He may not play all three downs, but he'll be available for those. So teams have to respect it. Yeah. I, I just think Cam Akers also has a lot more weapons here for the Rams. Uh, I mean, when he was in Detroit, uh, he didn't have Galladay last season and he still finished as quarterback 16 uh, in fantasy points. You know, he still finished 12th in passing touchdowns, 12th in passing yards, 13 in deep ball completion. I think that's why they went out and got themselves um, you know, Deshaun Jackson as washed up as he is, it, he still likes to throw the ball deep. Um, you know, and he averaged 283.2 air yards a game last year. So um, he's a gunslinger. We've been saying that, you know, all offseason. And and that doesn't change here at the Rams. It, if, it, if anything, it, it highlights it. It heightens his his gunslinger um, abilities. And I really think that it's a perfect fit for this offense. And I think that they're just going to lean on him. Uh, I, that's what we thought even with with Cam Akers healthy, and I, it just really heightens that, um, or I should say um, highlights that opinion for me now, is that I just think that they're really going to focus on the passing game here inside this Rams offense. But you mentioned earlier, like, <laughs> well, actually off air before our podcast, Bradley, you gave an extra 20, a total of 28 rushes to Robert Woods. I think a lot of those are going to be design sweeps. I mean, Robert Woods was already involved in the running game over the last three years, he's averaged 20 rushes per season. And with the the bonus game, with losing a top rusher, I think this, like, Sean McVay is going to be forced to be more creative with how he uses his very uh, explosive and capable players. Uh, Robert Woods being one. Cooper Cup also had rushes last year. Um, I think he had four or five rushes. But... I think there's going to be a lot of involvement. More of these players, more of these dynamic players are going to get involved, and it's not just going to be Daryl Henderson getting a bump here. 
Yeah, I definitely see Robert was getting a, an uptick. I think I moved from like 16 to 19. Uh, I I think it'd be hard for him to hit. I think his career high is 24. Um, yes, then 17, 19, and 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 so I, I think somewhere between that 17 and 20 range is probably accurate. Um, maybe he sees a little bit more, but I I just don't see. Um, I I don't see you know like three or four wide receivers getting these jet sweeps. I think Robert Woods is going to get the majority of them, and you might see a sprinkle in from other wide receivers. But I definitely think that Robert Woods is going to see some more passing volume now. Okay, and Tyler Higby, obviously, you know that's going to be a bump as well for Higby. Um, we mentioned on the podcast earlier or last week that Gerald Everett, when he was injured, that was the game last season where Higby went absolutely bananas. Went five receptions for 54 yards and three touchdowns. Um, so, and when Everett was out at the end of 2019, we saw Higby go absolutely bananas as well. So I think that in seeing Higby through the that light, that really there aren't tight ends who are going to push him for receiving volume. Like I have a combined uh, 9% to the rest of the tight ends, but 10% to Higby. And I think that's even a little low. I think I need to bump up Tyler Higby a little bit more in light of uh, how those targets are going to be dis- distributed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I'm only at 10 and a half at 71 targets, um, and I have 8% to the other tight end positions here. Um, I could see that being more like 6%, and then Higby being more in that, like, 11 and a half to 12 percent range would take him closer to the 80 target range um i higby splits were much better when he did not have everett on the field uh and now that everett's in seattle i expect higby to to feast in this offense uh, and we've been seeing him kind of fly off boards as as an early tight end option as well um touchdowns i haven't projected for five uh 509 yards that's 65 percent catch percentage so that's 46 receptions uh these are, you know, preliminary numbers as we get into camp. Once we start seeing camp un- unwind and if we're not seeing much of, you know, Bryson Hopkins or Jacob Harris or or uh, Johnny Moon, then I think that these these numbers will come back through and finalize them prior to week one. And we'll probably see Higby closer to 12 percent. Uh, it's the wide receiver core just kind of going back to that, that I think is there's a lot of targets that are going to be left up for grabs. And it's going to come down to that wide receiver three and who's going to emerge I mean, right now I kind of have Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson, and even Tutu Atwell all kind of in that same eight to nine percent range. Um, another camp battle to watch because that wide receiver three, whoever it is inside this offense, is going to produce numbers. And um, I have it. I'm right now leaning towards Van Jefferson uh, as that number three, um, but I think that it's that's another camp battle. I really want to kind of hone in and focus on and 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 really kind of just dissect. Uh, prior to week one and and make sure that I increase my ownership um, in whoever that is, because they're going to be useful. They're going to be productive. And if for anything were to happen to Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, who 
we have both between 22 and 24 percent target share i think that that person's going to emerge as a as a real threat at, at any given time you mentioned deshaun jackson being a field stretcher he's really struggled to stay on the field to stretch the field over the last two seasons only playing in seven games you can be a field stretcher when you're being stretched off the field maybe maybe he stretches on the bench yeah being carried off on a bench field stretcher. stretcher yeah yikes <laughs> i mean he has a 17 and a half yards per reception in his career he's 34 so he's been around the block but i don't think jackson has like a standalone value even no. if like there's such an ambiguous wide receiver three as you mentioned fan jefferson has been getting a lot of you know positive hype from sean mcveigh tutu atwell was drafted to be good like you don't take a wide receiver in the second round, you know, the Rams, uh, if you're not going to use him. Although that was the case for Van Jefferson last year. So, I mean, Atwell's 5'9", 155. Like, <laughs> I don't even know where where he's going to peg in. Like, he he's only a dynasty target at this point. He's tiny. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him. Um, you know, I could see special teams being a factor in the beginning. Um, outside that, you know, it's, it's really only going to be in the slot and on, you know, maybe jet sweeps. I mean, that's another option there for, for another receiver on the team. Um, but I, I just, it, I don't see him, you know, hitting the, he's out of those three, even as old as Deshaun Jackson is right now. Uh, and as concerned as we are with his injuries, I don't think think Tutu Atwell sees the field more than either of those two if they're both healthy. That's that's between Van Jefferson or Deshaun Jackson. Definitely. And I mean, they moved on from Josh Reynolds. They saw that Josh Reynolds was not stretching the field in the way that they wanted and fitting with their plans to spread the ball around. I mean, Robert Woods is much more of like a 12 yards per reception type of player where and Cooper Cup a little bit further down the field. But, you know, you're hoping that Deshaun Jackson can stretch the field. But if he goes down, it may very well be going back to the the well of throw the ball 12, 15 yards down the field and and hope that maybe someone breaks a tackle because that's not, um, you know, they're not going to be throwing. I think it's going to be really important for Deshaun Jackson to stay healthy, to at least keep uh, the rest of the offense honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, I'm really excited. The like, camps around the corner. I'm really excited to see all the teams get back at it. I mean, as I, as down as I am today about the Cam Akers news, because I really wanted to see how it was going to play out, especially after the Larky debate. Like the first thing I did when, when I saw that news is I messaged Josh Larky and said, this sucks. I, I really wanted to see how this plays out. And now I think that really goes for this Rams team all in general is with camp around the corner. I want to see how things shake out because um, kind of everything that we had in mind of how this team was going to operate um, just changed drastically, uh, especially in the backfield. Um, it threw a little bit of a wrench in the past game. I mean, a, a good wrench, um, but I do think that there is, um, there's a lot of different looks that this offense could possibly have now after this Cam Akers news. And um, I think it's a definitely benefit for Woods. I think it's a benefit for Cup. I think it's a benefit for Stafford. I think it's a benefit for Higby and all of these pass catchers. 
um, as well as Henderson, but the rest of it is 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 to be seen. So when Tom Pelissero tweeted out that Cam Akers suffered a torn Achilles, um, you know, you mentioned that you reached out directly to Josh, and that's just I think. You know, from a fantasy community perspective, that's good sportsmanship. So hats off to you, Billy. Um, but like I tweeted out this is immediately like this is terrible. Uh, this is no victory lap for me or for, you know, any other anti acres truthers. You know, you never cheer for injuries. You never hope that you, you know, have players go down for that. Um, and I said, you know, from a, pa- a fantasy perspective, like my immediate reaction was, Henderson's now like a back end running back too, but really like from a, from a fancy community perspective, like how do we handle injuries? I think it's really important for us to make sure that, that we're checking ourselves, you know, cause we have very strong takes on players that, you know, this player is going to pan out. This player is not going to pan out. And these are the reasons why. And we have to make sure that when, you know, things don't go right for, uh, when we are correct, but it's due to injury, that's not us taking a victory lap that we understand and, and do a little distilling and reflection ourselves of, okay, this is the reason why. And almost from an objective perspective, like there's no way we can predict injuries uh, for certainty. And we just have to hedge, you know, obviously with running backs they're you know, <laughs> they're, they're getting, taking a lot of hits from different angles. But there's no way you can say, well, like he's training away from a team facility and he tears his Achilles. So, yeah, it's just a tough spot to be in. And uh, I feel we all feel for all of the fantasy managers who have Cam Akers drafted on their teams, best ball leagues or otherwise, um, you know, we feel for you today. Yeah, I agree. Um, There's no celebrate celebrating an injury. And um, I I did a post today earlier um, stating that. Because I knew a lot of people were going to come to me about uh, this news because I was, you know, anti Cam Akers prior to this. Um, that doesn't change, but it also it doesn't mean that um, you know I don't care about a player's career. I don't care about uh, his life. I mean, of course I do. This is the game I love the most. This is the sport I love the most. So anytime you see these type of injuries, regardless if you like the player or not, it, it sucks. And uh, especially when you have so much invested into that player from a debate or from a from an opposition standpoint, you want to see how it's going to shake out. You want to see if your analytics are correct. You want to see if your analysis of the situation is correct, and you want to be able to then, um, you know, plant that flag and say, "Hey, I saw it because of this reason, not because of an injury." You know, injury just derails all of that work you just did as well from an analyst standpoint. So. Um, you know, I hate to make this about the analysts and about about and about the analytics side of it, but um, you know, people from our side don't like to see this just as much as as players like to see this because of the work that people put on behind the scenes while you're researching these players and you're trying to you know come out with with takes. So um, it's never an injury to celebrate. It's I think it's poor poor fashion. It's poor sportsmanship. Um, you know, I'll be, I'm fine. People going out and say like today, I went out and said, Hey, this team looks better now because I had a draft where I grabbed Henderson in the 10th. It was that zero running back team that we built where we had, um, Kelsey and Hawkinson. And I said, Hey, if we can get two running backs, we're going to be gold. And guess who one of those two running backs is now Daryl Henderson. That team is going to be deadly, but you know, that's not to me considered a victory lap. That's just me. Hey, going back and looking at a draft and saying, Hey, this team's this team now looks pretty damn good, and people do that all the time on Twitter. So, um, not to be confused with victory laps, though. Yeah, and look, 
like people will say that all the time when we're drafting, like, well, if this player goes down with an injury, I got to get their backup. You know, if this player goes down, what, what does the situation look like? And then we actually have those situations, you know, come to fruition. Like, yeah, it's the game we play, you know, as fancy, as fancy managers, we, we hedge that this is within the range of outcomes that a, a player's not going to be available. Um, you know, there was, uh, a trade I made, I think I mentioned this on a, a previous podcast where I had traded Cam Akers a few months ago for Calvin Ridley and like Harrison Bryant. And I was receiving Ridley and Bryant. And one of the, um, one of my league mates reached out to me today and said, you know, looks like you won this trade. And I said, I mean, for now, I mean, who knows if Calvin Ridley, you know, goes down with an injury in the next couple of weeks. I mean, Ridley's already been battling a toe injury. I believe this off season, it, it's very within the range of outcomes that nobody wins that. And that's why, you know, as much as I could have taken a victory lap on, oh yeah, like I definitely won that trade. Like that's not the perspective that you want to take. You, I, we're all trying to win in fantasy, um, but it's also about being good sports, uh, both in the community and specifically in your leagues. That's just one of the other reasons why I like wide receivers more in dynasty leagues than I do running backs because of the longevity. I mean, just like that, any type, anything can happen to a running back. Running backs have the shortest career lives in the NFL. And, um, you know, when push comes to shove, if I have a decision, if, if I'm able to move a running back for a wide receiver, especially of that caliber, I'm making that, that, that trade, you know, seven out of 10 times, just depending upon my roster, the construction, what it may be. But, um, you know, I remember you sending me that trade um, off air one time, and I said I I loved it for you. I loved Calvin Ridley. Um, he's you know your wide receiver one for twenty twenty one. He's my wide receiver two, but not by much. And uh, I think he's going to have you know a wonderful career. I'm not worried about his toe injury at all going into twenty twenty one. No, and looking at even you mentioned like the short term short lifespan of running backs. Like if Calvin Ridley had an Achilles injury. Like we wouldn't be talking about it in the same way, real like realistically. Like this could this is it's within the range of outcomes that this is career ending for Cam Akers. Probably not. Probably not. But who's who is to say that this holds him back from being a dynamic player moving forward? Um, you know, and it's going to affect running backs in different ways, uh, compared to wide receivers and tight ends. Like OJ Howard is coming back from an Achilles injury. And we're not talking about OJ Howard. Oh yeah, it might be you know uh, he he might have lost uh, big time steps. No, <laughs> we're talking about whether OJ Howard might win the starting tight end job over Rob Gronkowski right now. So, I mean, we really you know when when you're playing dynasty in particular, you have to keep in mind uh, the the positional values, not just short term but also long term, when injuries are impacting players. And this is the first of Let's be real. Many dominoes that are going to fall uh, over the course of the offseason, we see anywhere from, you know, three to ten top six round picks uh, go out for either short term or long term for injury. If you remember at the beginning of last offseason or not beginning near in the preseason, David Montgomery suffered what we had thought to be an MCL injury, you know, and and there was concern that he would miss weeks. He ended up not missing a single week because it was overblown and everyone freaking out. So it really is important for us to take time during this off season, um, evaluate, you know, what are, what are the, what are the positions that I need? 
What are the positions that I'm going to have to work for depth for in particular? And uh, to not overreact, you know, to news. And also, if you get a, a a trade offer, to always check the news for that player because um, there were times where, it, as we mentioned, maybe that player who accepted the Miles Sanders for Cam Akers hadn't heard the Cam Akers news yet. You know, and then they're SOL. So, you know, another tip for playing playing diet playing fancy football is definitely check the news uh on players uh if you're getting offered uh, a trade <laughs> I, I mean players like that i mean it's it's real it really is there's i mean we call them the jobs of the world right they just they just throw out trade offers and hope that somebody hit clicks yes and and it's just sometimes it's just you know complete you know i'm garbage I'll, I'll, thank you i was gonna say the word <laughs> i knew you'd correct me um, absolute trash <laughs> actually absolute. there's 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 nothing like waking up in the morning at 6 30 a.m and having about a, a a flurry of four jobs offers in my uh sleeper notifications i don't even look at them anymore i'm just like that's it trade off oh but please i want to know if there's one day that that, <laughs> that a jobs offer is like mm, <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> that's funny Oh, all right, everybody. Well, um, anything else we want to finalize here? Um, obviously, uh, in redraft, if you've already drafted, I, I saw in Scott Fishbowl that some players have already started dropping Cam Akers. If you're in redraft and you've already drafted, you can drop Cam Akers. Um, yeah. uh, Matthew Stafford should be getting uh, a slight bump. You can see him higher, but uh, his ADP is already too high, so... I mean, take a stab at him if you want, but at least you can feel a little more confident in his ceiling now. Daryl Henderson should be a back-end running back two for you until we hear otherwise. Um, he might be a usable running back three if you know a, a first and second down runner gets signed later on in the preseason. We should anticipate that that role gets filled at some time and that the wide receivers get, a, I, I think, a very slight bump if. Um, you know, with the Matthew Stafford increase in volume. So I think that's a pretty quick summary. Any other things we're missing? I'm going to probably bump Anderson up a little bit more than you are. I think he's been more of a, a mid-range running back, too. He's been, I saw him go in the FFPC today in round four in, in about four drafts. Um, I well, saw him go in, so in around, around six in a super flex league, which would be round four. So I would not be surprised to see him start sneaking in around three in some of these drafts, especially seeing that acres was going in around one, um, all depending upon what they do with the veteran presence. But um, I think Henderson will be, you know, a pretty solid running back too um, for most of the year here uh, for this offense. Yeah. I think his ceiling is, uh, uh, I had the highest projection for him. I tried to mess around with some of the projections. The highest that I was willing to go was running back 13 but I settled on running back 16. So that's going to be the projection right now for me. Um, but yeah, we'll see where this goes. It's certainly worth monitoring and uh, worth monitoring who else is getting, getting looks if the Rams are confident in some of their backup running backs like Jake Funk or Xavier Jones in particular. Exactly. Well, everybody camps around the corner. Make sure to keep your eyes and ears open. Make sure to follow the beat writers if you are not uh, to be up to date on news. Also, speaking of being up to date, make sure to subscribe, smash the subscribe, like it here, um, make sure to follow. And so you're able to get the, the notifications whenever we go live or upload a new episode. 
because this week we have a a lot of a shows, lot actually. a lot billy so, is um, killing it this week <laughs> i'm gonna be pretty busy this week folks so uh tonight we cover the rams uh for those who tuned in late um and then we have thursday morning that's the 22nd uh that's gonna be 12 12 p.m pacific time so uh three o'clock eastern time i'm gonna be sitting down with scott atkins from full-time fantasy he's a co-owner over there as well as the uh, co-owner of uh, ffwc uh, we're going to be discussing high stakes football over at the ffwc and full-time fantasy and then we have friday the 23rd is a big day so friday the 23rd we have sigmund bloom coming on from the football guys uh, and we're going to be discussing the pros versus joe's draft that i did uh, on the ffpc against sigmund and uh, as well as other players Billy's glad that I'm not going to be on that podcast. <laughs> Bradley didn't like my team. I thought it was money. Uh, Sigmund liked it. A lot of other high stakes players liked it. Um, I'm going to side with them, Bradley. Um, and then um, that evening, Bradley will be joining us as well as Ray Flowers from Sirius XM Radio. Um, so he'll be joining us Friday night. That's going to be our normal time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 Eastern. Uh, we only got Ray for about 20 to 30 minutes, so we're going to be very efficient with our time, just as efficient as Daryl Henderson was with his touches in 2020. Let's go. <laughs> and then, and then, um, oh, I missed the day. So tomorrow night, actually, so Wednesday the 21st, I skipped, I skipped this one. I'm actually going to be recording with David Hubbard again as we do an FFPC uh, Football Guys draft, and we're going to upload that to YouTube. We will not be live, so we can talk about our philosophy our strategy and our picks and everything that we did just like last time um just another week another team another an, another dollar and um we're gonna rock and roll um we're getting i'm getting we're getting these teams pretty high i think i'm already up to about uh uh 18 or 19 fbgs already and uh, i'm already up to about 40 best ball drafts so i'm i'm on pace for where i want to be i wanted to be around 40 fbgs and about 60 to 70 um, best ball draft. So I'm on pace right now. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> so it's That's a full week for the fantasy football fanalists. Very full week. So thanks for tuning in again, subscribe, get the notifications and we'll see you all back here tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Everybody, 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 everybody